Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Land Mastery and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we actually We've been there last month uh, going to La Union, San Juan, San Fernando, uh, Baguio, and I uh, share uh, the videos and writing blog posts. So make sure you check at uh, daddyblogger.com. Uh, we came here to Manila because I'm launching my brand new kids' book this Father's Day. So, literally, about five days, I uh, launched my book. So, super nervous, honestly, uh, because uh, even though I've done four books, I have one book all about fatherhood uh, for adults. I have two comics, kids' book, uh, all about family travel. So still nervous about uh, you know the launch and uh, you know uh, uh, we're gonna buy it. Things that a lot of the fears people have when they're writing the book. Uh, so even though I've done it a few times, it still doesn't go away. This fear doesn't go away. Uh, so what I decided to do is bring an expert on the show, authority, especially uh, at the area of uh, leveraging your book to build your expertise. Uh, and I'm super excited to bring on our guest today. His name he has an amazing website, an amazing business, and an amazing URL called BookAuthority. BookAuthority.com. Isn't that one of the best URLs? BookAuthority. Basically, an uh, amazing, amazing organization. So, Steve, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, Ricky. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's a, a great pleasure to be joining you virtually in Manila. That's really cool. Never been there. <laughs> it is definitely a beautiful country. Manila is just like any other big city, uh, you know, a typical Asian city with a lot of traffic, a lot of pollution. But it's kind of the, uh, the epicenter of the economy. So it makes sense we're here in the Philippines to do the book launch in Manila. Uh, but uh, in terms of the Philippines, it's so beautiful. You got your beautiful beaches, uh, you got your blue skies, delicious food, and of course, I'm a big advocate for travel here to the Philippines. It kind of gets neglected. A lot of people go to Thailand, uh, they go to Bali, uh, but they kind of Philippines alone. So it's kind of become unspoiled and untouristy. But it's kind of bad because uh, you know it'd be great if more tourists get to see this amazing country. Steve, Steve, I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself. Uh, you, uh, in terms of yourself as a journey uh, to become uh, so passionate about books and uh, so passionate that you actually started a whole company, helping <laughs> uh, you know uh, become experts and become authorities and uh, through their book. Uh, let's start with your own journey before we cover your company. Okay. Well, I don't want to bore people too much, but um. Um, I left the corporate world back in 2006, so about 12 years ago. And since then, my wife and I have been working together. And we did a lot of work in the tech industry, websites and membership sites, and basically helping other entrepreneurs make more money in their business. And we were very successful at that. And then we got to the point where we looked at who we'd been working with over the years, and we realized that most of the people we work with we're an author in some some regard and we we looked at it ourselves and said you know well we've got a lot of experience you know we could write a book and so we thought okay it can't be that hard we'll write a book and we wrote our first book and it was the wrong book to write it ended up being uh an anchor around our neck because it was about wordpress and wordpress kept doing updates and we had to delay our launch because WordPress did a major update right before we were going to launch the book. And now the book was out of date. 
And yeah, so it just kind of went from bad to worse with that book. And we're like, okay, so we picked the wrong topic. We picked the wrong approach for the first book. The second book, same thing happened again. We we did a we did a a book, and while it was well received, it it wasn't really solving anybody's pain. And so it took us what four years and our third book before we kind of figured out the system of how do you write a book that's going to grow your business. And our third book, which is called um, Forty Seven Mind Hacks for Writers, is all it's a great example of how a book can build your business because that book sent us thousands and thousands of people coming into our business and buying our coaching and joining us on our, our live summit and, you know, just buying products from us and, and getting services from us. And it was just, yeah. And it continues to be doing that for us day after day. So that's kind of how we got to where we are today. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Uh, you know, I loved your whole statement at the beginning about you wrote the book. Uh, and today, like, we all have a book or multiple books in us, uh, you know, in terms of our life experience, or in terms of our passions, our interests, our contributions to the world. Uh, but I want to start with that question that you alluded to. We want to prevent people from writing the, the wrong book. Uh, yes. So how do you actually know? Let's flip it around. How do you know what's the right book? And how do you know it's a wrong book? Ah, great question. The the thing that the, well, the way that I've looked at it is that you, if you're going to launch a product, okay, if you're going to sell something on the marketplace, whether it was a digital information product or a physical product, you wouldn't go out. You wouldn't just go out and say, "Oh, oh I think people want this, and I'm just going to create this and put it out to the market." At least I hope you wouldn't do that you would actually go out and find out what the market looks is looking for. What are they currently buying? Why are they buying it? And what do they complain about that could be better? And if you're going to create a product, whether it's a course or a membership site or whatever, you need to address those issues before you go to the length and depth and expense of investing in the time and money to, to create it. Um, the same thing, exact same thing applies for a book. The biggest mistake someone can make with a book is not researching their market, not understanding the position their book needs to take in order to attract people that want to read it. And that's all coming back to, well, if you're running a business, if you're a digital nomad and you're out there and you're making money from wherever you are traveling currently, then you need to understand what pain is it that you're solving? Because that's the best thing that your audience is gonna connect with is that pain. After pain comes problem and they may or may not be aware of the problem that they have that's causing the pain, but the pain definitely they're gonna be connecting to. So your book has to connect to that pain. So you know you can come up with it. If you, if you have like some kind of fancy schmancy name for your program let's say you're a coach and you have a program that says oh well i'm the uh i don't know relationship builder you know you know you can have some fancy name for your program and if that's the name you give your book it probably isn't going to sell well that makes sense it does make sense it does make sense uh, it makes a lot of sense because i've gone through the journey myself so 
Steve, uh, I want to actually, uh, in the course of this podcast, go through the whole writer's journey. Uh, because uh, most of our audience, most of our listeners, and most of them actually published their own book. It's we're, we're, You, Steve, and me, Steve and I, we're definitely in the minority in terms of people yes. who have published their own book. But in terms of it's huge, right? So I want to take, uh, take uh, our listeners, our viewers on a journey in terms of the whole process from writing to, uh, to publishing, to marketing, to monetizing, and becoming authority and becoming rich and famous. Uh, okay. I know, and we're gonna do this. All, we're gonna do this all in about thirty minutes. So, okay. What are the first steps to go from the mind to to the keyboard? From the mind to the keyboard, you have to have an idea, and hopefully, you know something about the idea. Um, and if you don't, there's other things you can do, like interview other people and do it that way. But let's say you know something, you have expertise in a certain area, then you need to get down to, okay, well, what is it that you do in that area now in your business um, as a digital nomad? What do you do? Um, how do you help people? What is it you help them with? What results do you get them? Why do people want those results? And what do those results if they get achieve them what do they alleviate what pain are they alleviating or what symptom are they alleviating whatever you need to get that down concisely first and you might already have it in your head either way but i would write it down next thing you want to do is you want to go to the marketplace you want to go to the likes of amazon or whatever your local bookstore is and go and look and see what other books are out there on this specific topic, on this particular set of pains or problems that you have a solution for? Um, you go out to the market, you research, you find out what the books are out there. It's a really, really potentially bad indicator if there's no books on your topic. Okay, there's over 10 million books in the Amazon US Kindle store. Most of them do not sell. Most of them have like an Amazon sales rank in the millions, which basically means they sell one copy every two or three years. Um, so you really need to look into the marketplaces. You need to find out what's selling. If there's books on your topic, that's great. And, and Amazon, every book in Amazon has an Amazon sales rank. The higher that number, the less it's selling. Some books don't even have an Amazon sales rank because they haven't sold any. Um, yeah, I didn't know that either until recently. Um, luckily, I didn't find out because of my own book. Um, but <laughs> so you, you need to, you know, you need to research the market. You need to find out what your book needs to achieve and how your book is going to attract readers that are already looking for an answer on your topic. That's the, that's the biggest thing right there. And when, you know, Ricky, the way that we work with our clients is we, we break this whole process down into four parts. The first part is what we call positioning, which is what I've just been describing. You need to position your book and the accumulation of that is coming up with a table of contents. Part two is the writing. You know, when, and once you have the table of contents laid out and you know exactly what your positioning is, it's really easy to do the writing and it happens quite quickly. We've had clients that have written a book in three days. 
like a 280 page book in, in three days because it just streamed out of them once we had their, all their thoughts organized. And the third part is, you know, editing, publishing, formatting, um, you know, obviously not in that order, editing, formatting, publishing. Um, and part of that is also building your launch team. And then the final section that we cover is, is the marketing. How do you launch a book into the marketplace and how do you market it? So that's, that's an overview of what we do, but you, you really have to look at the positioning first. Um, you don't need, you do not need a title or, or anything like that or a cover design before you start writing. Um, you know, if you, if you come up with a title before you start writing, my biggest advice to you is don't get emotionally attached to that title because it might change. It probably will change. Um, the best way to get a title for your book is to ask your audience, which, which appeals to them more, which would intrigue them, which would they pick up if they were in a bookstore, um, which would they click on if they're looking at Amazon. Um, so the, the, the biggest thing that we teach people is that you should know before you write the first word of your book, if your book is going to sell. If you don't know that, then you haven't done enough research or you've done enough research and, you, and you're not listening to what the research is telling you, which is this isn't a book people are going to buy. We know this because we've done it twice. <laughs> <laughs> This is such rock solid advice. You know, you're really uh, providing such valuable content. You interview me, I'm kind of like reflecting on my own journey. You know, when I have an idea, I have my trusted iPhone. I always just uh, put that idea into, because um, then I can uh, kind of uh, go to the cathartic process, going from mine mm -hmm. to my keyboard. And then I actually look at it and dissect it. And then. I start typing onto Mac, um, but in terms of what you said about research, uh, you know, picking your niche, um, are people actually buying that kind of book? I'm kind of on my own kind of selfish level here because I'm in a really neat. Mine's super narrow. Mine's a really narrow niche. It's a kids' book about family travel to South America. Uh, typically, family travel is Disneyland. They, not yeah. many family travels go to South America, but but because my big passion is to inspire families to go to South America, family or parenting, uh, the kids demographic is massive, but in terms of uh, targeting them to South America, I'm kind of curious, and I'm curious on a person, of course I'm curious, but uh, in terms of, I wanted to, uh, you know, kill it on Amazon. I wanted to not just become an Amazon bestseller on one day, but, you know, stay consistent in terms of this being the topic for parents in America. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Any, any uh, advice there on a selfish well, level? Well, just um, just an observation, really, about your next book that's coming out is is that you've done something that that a lot of authors don't think about, and what you've done is you've instantly categorized your book. Your book is going to fit perfectly into two completely different categories. In, on the one hand, you're, you've got the whole family relationships category, and on the other hand, you've got the whole travel South America category. So your book could easily be placed in two differently, completely different um, hierarchical threads in Amazon's category index. So now you've got double the power of people finding your book. And you can be 
you know, obviously if you do your, your launch really well and it's received well, and you get a lot of reviews and all these other things that, that add up. If you do that really well, Amazon's going to put you, you know, in the top three or in even number one in multiple categories, which gets you even more exposure. And if you're really lucky, which is, this is what happened to us with our book is within the people don't know this within the first 30 days of you publishing the book and putting it live on Amazon, you are in a, a, new and notable let's say you're, you're in the new you're in the new realm of, of newly published books and amazon will promote books in the new realm within the first 30 days amazon will promote you to their subscribers if your book is selling well and that's what amazon we had a we had an email from a friend of ours who lives in canada when we when we published our book and he was like oh my god i just got an email from amazon and your book was right at the top of it with the cover and everything and it was like, oh, that's so cool. Amazon, we didn't pay Amazon to do that. They promoted us to their entire list across Canada who was on there, you know, send us the Kindle daily deals or send us, you know, whatever the other, there's various different subscribers, subscriptions you can get from Amazon as an email subscriber. And yeah, so that's, that's something that because of the way you're writing your book and that you've really crossed two different topics, two different uh, categories, you have twice the opportunity for Amazon to do that for you. So awesome. that's, that's Amazon cool. spiders, you know, if you guys are listening somehow, <laughs> you know, make it happen. <laughs> yes, <It> happen. <laughs> absolutely. Steve, on a trajectory here in terms of uh, going from a you know a kind of idea to implementation execution application so people have the idea they obviously start writing. I, I want to go through the whole writing process because I think this is a uh, um, an area that people get uh, hiccups in or they get road bumps in they get mm -hmm. sidetracked because it's um, quite hard to go from the idea to start writing to actually completion because of the procrastination factor, the writer's block factor, uh, the two right? So what would you say are, have been your uh, strategies to go from actually starting the book to actually completing the period of the last word in the bridges? Um, I'm probably one of those annoying people that other people are gonna be like, oh, that just sucks. And And what I mean by that is that I didn't find it hard. Um, now, to be honest, you know, I write with, as a partner, you know, my wife, Karen and I write together. Um, and we're really good working together. So we collaborate really well. And, you know, most of the collaboration is up front when we're when we're that process that I said about when you're going through the process, you've done the research. And now the next part is you need to come up with a table of contents. What are the chapters going to be in your book? What are the chapters going to be about? What order are they going to be in? What makes sense? Um, so going through that process together, we really had a lot of, you know, back and forth. And if you're writing this by yourself, then I would invest, I would say, you know, bounce your ideas, bounce your table of contents off of a friend or a business partner or somebody in your family or something. Bounce, bounce the ideas, bounce the, the table of contents off of somebody else and see if they say if there's anything or would they do it in a different order, you know, or whatever. But once you get that table of contents solidified, you just start writing to it. Now, if you come up with procrastination, uh, you're doubting yourself, 
Uh, or another really common one is called imposter syndrome. It's like, I'm writing this book, but why is anybody going to listen to me? I, I just, you know, I, I'm, you know, no one's going to recognize me as an authority. I'm not, I'm not going to get any sales. This is a waste of time. And people talk themselves out of writing every day. And well, that's the whole point of why we wrote our, our latest book, 47 Mind Hacks for Writers. That's what those mind hacks are doing. They, and there's 47 different mind hacks. You don't read our book from front to back cover. You just open it wherever you look in the index, you know, I'm suffering from procrastination. Then you skip to the mind hack that's all about procrastination. And we give you advice specifically on, on how to do that, on how to get around the procrastination. You know, we've got another mind hack about how to get the buy-in of the people that are around you in your life to support you in writing. Because, you know, if you have a family, if you have kids, if you're a dad, you've got other obligations, you're going to have interruptions. So you can say, you know, there's different techniques you can do. It says when daddy's in his study or when daddy is over here at his desk and he's got this hat on or the blue light is on or whatever, don't interrupt daddy, go to mommy or write down what you want to say so you don't forget and leave it there and daddy will get to it once once he's come out of his writing stage and there's a way and you can make it a game and you can put rewards into it there's a whole bunch of ways that you can get your family and your loved ones to actually be supportive of you taking that extra time to write your book because you know there's there's definitely some time commitment to this No. So uh, you complete the book and then I see the key um, kind of consideration is how to publish it, right? Because, uh, and you don't wait till the book's finished to actually make the decision, but uh, self-publishing, traditional publishing, hybrid publishing, what do you favor? Well, I'm a little biased because I, I, I favor, um, favor self-publishing which is what we've done. Um, now I have seen other people do hybrid pub publishing and I've, you know, and I know people that have done traditional publishing. And the biggest thing for me is the drawback for me is you lose control in those other two situations to some degree. And in traditional publishing, you, you lose all control. They basically are buying the book from you and they have the rights to change the title. They have the right to change the cover image. They have the right to change the price and to adjust the price, even if they're being stupid. <laughs> you know, it, it's just yeah, it, you just lose all control. And, and you know, a traditional publisher isn't going to look at you to publish your book unless you have a large amount of influence. And by that, I mean if you have thirty thousand active email subscribers then that's going to go in your favor to getting a publishing deal. Another way to get a publishing deal with a traditional publisher is publish the book yourself first. So self-publish the book and get 30,000 copies sold. Okay. Now, just, just to give your listeners, you know, an understanding of what 30,000 copies sold is, most books on Amazon, it's like 500 or 250. In the lifetime of the book, that's the most they sell. That is the average on Amazon. And it's just it's like, wow, that's not a lot of copies. 
So if you can sell 30,000 copies of your book within like 12 months or within six months, you're going to get noticed. You might actually have publishers coming to you saying they want to republish your work. Um, so yeah, the other, the other big misconception people have with traditional publishing is that they think they don't have to have a marketing plan or they don't, they think they don't have to do anything to market their book. Oh, the publisher's just going to take it. And I go into my local bookstore and right at the front of the bookstore, when you walk in, there's usually like a, some kind of display with the New York times bestsellers or, or whatever the bestseller list is where you are. And well, people don't realize this, but those publishers, the people that publish those books are paying the bookstores to be in that space. And you can pretty much say that if a publisher is going to give a, an author an advance to publish their, their work, the bigger that advance, the more the publisher is going to invest in promoting that book. So if you're like JK Rowling or somebody really famous and you have a book that you're going to publish with a publisher, the publisher might give you a seven figure advance or six figure advance, then you can pretty much be comfortable knowing the publisher is going to get off their butt and do some promotions for your book. However, even if they've paid you $100,000 up front, the publisher isn't going to promote your book more than like a week or two after it launches. All their promotion activities will be up front before the book launches. That's when they will do their promotion. Once your book is through the launch phase, which is like maybe, maybe, okay, at most four weeks, anywhere from, from two to four weeks, you can pretty much say the launch phase is now over. They're not going to promote your book anymore. They're on to their next client. They're on to the next book they paid $100,000 for. And if you as an author don't know how to market your book on an ongoing basis, you're at a severe disadvantage. If you don't know that, Amazon has its own SEO that's completely different to Google SEO, you're at a severe disadvantage. If you don't know what Amazon, the Amazon marketing services, and you don't know anything about AMS ads, you're at a disadvantage. So there's loads of things that you can learn that would benefit you, even if you are traditionally published, hybrid published or self-published you pretty much need to know how to market your book. Um, I haven't really talked about hybrid publishing. Um, Ricky, I'm taking it that you did self-publishing for your books. Uh, now, just because I haven't actually done the due diligence in terms of seeing if a publisher would be interested in my okay. books, uh, with, this new kids, with this new kids book, because it's a series, like South America is the first part of the seven series on the seven continents, I'm actually considering, you know, once I hit that 30,000 mark, uh, <laughs> then uh, let's see if the publishers and I can get it uh, published by one of the major kid publishers. But yeah, I uh, am more advocating for that self-publishing route, and that's what I've done with all four of my books. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's, I'm going to give you a, a little bit of information from what I know about hybrid publishing. I've worked with an author sure. that was hi hybrid published and they, there are some advantages. Um, they will be able to get your book exposed 
in to outlets that you may not be able to reach, or they may be able to do it in such a way that if you pay them enough, then they will be able to get bit bigger exposure for your book. Um, now the, the key phrase that I just said was if you pay them enough, my experience with the hybrid publishers are uh, that I've seen is they don't give you an advance on your book. You pay them upfront to publish your book. So that's, that's the big difference between a traditional publisher is, you know, if you're attractive enough, if you've got a big enough sphere of influence with enough people following you, then a publisher will be interested and they will pay you up in advance. Hybrid publishers are usually the other way around. They still want you to have a sphere of influence. It doesn't have to be as big, but you pay them. I mean, there's, there's, there's small little publish, uh, hybrid publishers that publish at most two books a year. And pretty much every book they do is, is a New York Times bestseller. And, but you're paying them probably six figures for you to do that, for them to do that for you. So hybrid publishing has its advantages. Um, it's usually quite expensive. So if you don't have a, a budget, I would say, let's say at least $10,000, um, you'd probably be off, you'd be better off self-publishing. You know, even if you have to get help, if you have to hire a writing coach or, you know, go through a course or two, you know, we went through plenty of courses before we did ours. Incredible insights. Uh, so far, I'm really enjoying answering uh, these questions. I'm learning a lot myself, and this is uh, always the, the benefit of being a host because, uh, you know, uh, obviously we have thousands of listeners across, uh, you know, iTunes and the podcast directories and YouTube, but and then before I distributed it out to our audience and the network. So thank you, Steve. So uh, you mentioned, Steve, about this whole uh, marketing approach. Uh, no matter which publishing uh, kind of perspective you, at the end of the day, it's your book, and you got to do your due diligence and market the book, market, market, market. Uh, so obviously you have social media, email marketing, getting yourself on YouTube, uh, being interviewed on these kind of podcasts. What would you uh, say are some of your favorite marketing tools to get uh, create awareness and promote the book? Oh, that's good. Cause there's, there's, there's quite a few, um, well, obviously there's Facebook and, and the advantage for Facebook is you can pretty much find a Facebook group about any topic there is. So whatever your topic is about, whether it's about being a parent or being a dad or, you know, traveling with your family, you can pretty much find a Facebook group about that. And if there isn't one on the, on the odd occasion, there isn't one, you could start your own Facebook group and start building it. Um, but Facebook groups are really powerful because you can find people that are going to support you before you've even finished writing the book. They even can become your biggest fans. Those people that you find that you connect with, even if you don't know them up front, might be so excited about your book. And if you share your journey with them as you're writing it and you ask for their input and say, hey, do you think I should include this topic in the book? Or, you know, or here's the list, here's the, here's a preview of the table of contents. Do you think there's anything missing or is there anything that you really want to have in there? 
you're getting their buy-in, you're getting their involvement right up front as you're writing it through the process, those are gonna be your biggest fans. So when it comes time to actually launch your book, well, guess what? There's something called a launch team that pretty much every self-published author should have. A launch team are people that are going to read your book when it first comes out and hopefully give you a positive review. And like for Amazon, people don't realize this, that a three-star review is actually considered negative by Amazon. Only four and five-star reviews are considered positive. So, you know, ideally you're going to, you're going to, um, get your your biggest fans to be on your launch team because you pretty much can be um guaranteed that they're going to give you a positive four or five star review and those reviews are extremely important because there are plenty of um book promotion services and book promotion websites that have lists of subscribers that they announce new books to um, so one of those is called freebooksy.com. Another one, same company, is called bargainbooksy.com. The difference being freebooks is the ones that are on or that you can just download for free off of off of Amazon. And bargainbooksy is ones that are on sale up to like a certain dollar amount. Um, we've gotten really good results with them. Um, but there's loads of other services like that um, out there. But the caveat is the really the really effective services like like Bargain Booksy, for example, the really effective ones, they have requirements. You have to have like some of them, you have to have 10 reviews with an average of like 3.9 stars across 10 reviews. And then there, and some of them get even more more um, specific and say that if you have a review, they actually go and look at your reviews when you submit your book to them they look at your reviews. If those, if any of the reviews are complaining about poor editing or poor formatting, you're out. They're not going to, they're not going to promote your book. So basically that means your book has to be professionally edited. It has to be professionally formatted and it has to have a pretty solid foundation of positive reviews to get it going. So if you, if you can't get 10 reviews, in the first week of launching your book, you are severely handicapped because come week two, you need to be having the book promotions kick in and you're not going to get the good book promotions without having 10 reviews. So to, um, so what do you need to get 10 reviews? Well, the bigger your launch team, the better. So obviously you don't want it too big, but if you can get 30 or 40 people on your launch team, and you can say, okay, well, maybe 60 to 70% of those people will actually do what they've agreed to do, that they will give you a review in exchange for an advanced copy of your book. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, the marketing, you need to understand marketing. You need to understand how launch teams work. And, yeah, you, you need to get, you need to get on top of it. Otherwise, your book is just going to be handicapped from, you know, before it even starts. Yeah, my uh, big advice there too. Also, to do a book team, a big book launch party, doing a video trailer for the book. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a book launch uh, team both for my first book and now for my fourth one. And uh, I have just so much free advice. I'm just like, oh my god, all these people are giving me all this really solid, rock solid advice. Uh, 
that, and I'm humbled. I'm humbled that all these people have, uh, uh, you know, uh, gone out of the way, given me all this time in terms of uh, looking and uh, giving me championing me. So I feel uh, stronger as an author because of this team that's really championing yeah. me on. Even though yeah. I kind of get, it's kind of the, you talk about the mind hacks, you get discouraged. You're like, oh man, is the book going to sell? Uh, yeah. Why did I do this? Did I write the wrong book? And all of that mental uh, warfare, well, that team championing you on uh, eliminates the warfare. So I, I'm a huge advocate for what you mentioned about uh, having a book launch team. Uh, so speaking of launches, uh, I think one of the key things is that launch stage uh, you know, getting it out there into the marketplace for the first time. Um, there's a great book by Jeff Walker, uh, speaking of books, called Launch, uh, Product mm -hmm. Launch Formula. But uh, in terms of your launch strategy, for books specifically, I know uh, any products, digital, physical, that not but we're talking specifically about book launches. Uh, what would you say are the key elements of a strong, solid, and memorable launch? Um. The key elements from my perspective is you need to have a strategy of how you're going to launch it for the first 30 days. You need to have that solid before you, before you publish the book. So, and what that looks like for the first 30 days is you need to know, you need to have your launch team already in place. You need to have given them what's called an advanced reader copy up front. Um, you need to get their buy-in, you need to keep them happy, you need to keep them engaged so that when it comes time to, you know, you've launched, that your first people that are getting it, you know, they've got it. Let's pay, basically the way I would say it is you you do a soft launch. Let's say, let's say you want the public to have the book on Tuesday, you do a soft launch on Monday. And what I mean by a soft launch is that's the day that your book is actually available on Amazon, but you don't tell anybody about it. The only people you tell are your launch team. And, you know, you can put it for 99 cents or you can even make it free on that day. And you get your launch team to go grab the book. And the reason you want them to do this, even though you've two weeks before this, you've already given them a PDF of the book. That's called an advanced reader copy. So they've read the book. You gave it to them two weeks prior to your launch. Now it comes time the day, the Monday, which is the soft launch day. That's the day that you want your launch team to go to Amazon and quote unquote, buy your book. What that does is it makes them a verified buyer of your book, which is significant because verified reviews or reviews by people that are verified buyers count more to your books ranking in Amazon. So you get them to do that. They put the review up. The, now, the other thing that's coming to light most recently is you don't want, it's say like you have 50 people on your launch team. You do not want 50 people leaving a review on the first day of your, of your book launch because Amazon is probably going to remove them or remove a significant portion of them because they're, they're getting wise to how book launches work for self-published authors. And they're basically saying, well, that's not a natural occurring spate of reviews. Reviews don't usually come in the big bulk of 50 people. So yeah, you need to get smarter with your strategies for asking reviews and getting people to review your book. But once 
once you've got your launch up, you got your launch team going, you've got the book is out there is now it's got reviews. Now you're telling people about it. Now you're telling your email list about it. If you've done any joint ventures with other people, you're, you're telling them to, to promote your book on certain days. Now, because a lot of the, the, the book promotion services require you to have certain number of reviews, you can't use them right away. Um, and if you can, you know, like if you get, let's say you get 15 reviews on day one, great. But on day one is now the day that you can go and schedule the, the, the book promotion because you can't get your book promotion to be accepted until they see that your book has a certain number of reviews. So pretty much what we do is we look at the end of week one or week two, which is where you do your book promotion services to help boost your, your launch capability. And now basically through the first month of your book promotion of your book launch is when you're going to have these activities. This is when you should be getting out there and getting on podcasts, getting on book virtual book tours, getting on people's blogs as, as a guest um, a contributor to someone's blog about your topic. You know, this is the time when your first 30 days are most crucial that you want to create as much momentum as possible. And, you know, I, I speak from experience on this because, you know, our book was number one in three categories within about five days of our launch. And it stayed there for over four months. It was number one for over four months, which is, which is, you know, most books, I mean, just so people know, Amazon updates its bestseller rankings every 60 minutes, every hour, Amazon is, is updating those stats and every hour there could potentially be a new number one book. So if you, if your book can stay number one for a week, that's impressive. If it can stay there for a month. That's great. Ours was there for over four months and, you know, that got us for, through the first 30 days and we kept going after 30 days, you want to look at other avenues of promoting your book. And this is what I mentioned to you before is there's other ways to market your book. Um, the best place to market your book is in the book marketplaces themselves. So what I mentioned before was Amazon has the Amazon marketing service, the AMS, and they have a whole ad things. And when you go look at a book on Amazon, you'll see that there's other that are sponsored ads or sponsored books like below your book description and stuff. And that's what I'm talking about. Those people, those authors or publishers are paying to have their book show up when somebody looks at a book that's similar to whatever their title is or whatever their subject is. Um, so Amazon ads, I would say you wouldn't really want to engage with them until your book's been published for a month. Um, now, you, how you price your book on launch is a big thing as well, because if you're an unknown author, you might want to go free for the first few days um, and then make it gradually come up in price to like 99 cents. And this is what we did. We, we did it free for five days and then we got a lot of momentum. We got a lot of buzz in, in the author world because our books was aiming to writers. We got a lot of buzz about it. We got a lot of people interested in it and people were consuming it. And that helped build the momentum so that when we switched it over to paid, it was immediately number one.
it just went boom. It was number one because people just like they're like, okay, ninety nine cents. I already got ninety nine cents on my account balance on Amazon. I'll just buy it or whatever. Um, so there's different strategies. Obviously, you know, um, Ricky, with your books, you know, you've got four books. Um, so your your book that's coming out, you may not need to launch it at 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 free or ninety nine cents. You know, it depends. It really depends on how much influence you have and how much momentum you have with your readers. If you're just starting out, it's 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 a tougher, longer slog up that hill, but you can get there. Um, but yeah, so it's you know, you you definitely need you definitely need to plan for your first week of launch. You need you need your launch team in place. You need to plan for the first week. Um, you need to plan for the rest of the first month. And then once you get to the end of the first month, your tactics can change. They can go more long-term. You don't, the reason I'm saying that is because you don't want to use Amazon ads and lose money continually every day. So if your book is priced at 99 cents, you're probably going to lose money. If your book is priced at 299, it gives you more flexibility to pay more for better ads, but still make a profit. And then it comes down to, you know, well, if you're, if you're quite a good author with a large following, if people are going to pay 499 for your book, then that gives you even more flexibility. Um, and then of course is something like if you're not a first time author like yourself, if you've got other books, in your catalog on Amazon, as you go to your Amazon author page and you know, you've got other books that you've already written. Now, when you're launching your fourth book, you're going to get what's called the buy through effect. So you're promoting your latest book. Some people are going to see that promotion and they're also going to buy one of your earlier books as well. That's what we call buy through. So they're buying, buying the book you're promoting. Maybe there's a deal on it right now great they're thinking oh well you've got this other book same topic you know different perspective whatever i'm going to buy that one as well and people do that they do it a lot um so that's called a buy-through effect and you know that's there's an advantage to having more than one book because not only do you get more sales and more exposure but that gives you greater flexibility with your marketing, especially if you want your marketing for your books to be self-funding. Basically means you're not putting much money of, of your own money into it. The book is funding its own process. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome uh, suggestions. And I'm glad you brought up pricing because I was actually going to get into that. But uh, uh, you, you obviously have your digital version. Then you got your physical version. Uh, you can do, you know, create space, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, and then uh, getting sold on the book bookstores, etc. So, how how do you set your pricing in terms of let's uh, do pricing for digital and pricing for physical? Typically, you think of like oh, twenty bucks for a book. Pretty much the industry average. You just go for that in 1997, 1999. Uh, walk us through the pricing process for a typical book. You know, standard book, uh, both digital and physical. Yeah. Well, I mean, as our perspective is all around helping business owners establish their credit credibility and their authority, which is why we called our company Book Authority. Um, it's all about building your authority base by having a book. And 
So our, our audience specifically wants to grow their business, wants to increase their business revenue because they have a book and there's loads of ways that can happen. Our focus is on the digital versions of those books. Digital versions give you the best ability to translate into backend revenue for your business because they have direct links in the book that someone can say, oh, I'm just gonna click that link or I'm gonna tap that link and it's gonna take me to some landing page on your website. So digital has always been our focus. Um, to answer your question though, what we, our strategy with our paperback book was, we didn't make our paperback you know, 1999, we decided to make our paperback much cheaper than that. You know, obviously it depends on the length of your book and how many pages and you're going to have a, a physical cost for, let's say, create space to do a print on demand printing of that book when someone orders the paperback. So the, the minimum that they might let you um, sell it for, let's say is $5 and 50 cents. Um, that's the cost that you're paying create space they won't let you go below that because they're going to take all the money basically so that's that's your cost basis let's say five dollars and fifty cents so then you can go up to whatever you want to do and obviously um it's up to you on how much profit you want to make the the interesting thing is the way the amazon positions the Kindle version versus the paperback version is if your can if your paperback version let's say is fifteen dollars and your Kindle version is five dollars, then what they do with the Kindle version is they say that it's it's discounted. They say it's discounted down from fifteen dollars, and it's only five dollars. So you're going to save sixty six percent or whatever it is. Um, so it's just this, there's this psychology of selling that Amazon uses and that's how they do it. So the higher price your paperback book is means two things. It means the higher the price is you're gonna get less sales of your paperback version. Okay, that could be good or bad. But the other thing is, is it makes your Kindle version look like a better deal. So more and more people are gonna buy your Kindle version. Now it took us like, I don't know how long it took us, like six months before we got our act together and we got an audio version of our book and people were asking for it. People were asking us for the audio version and it took us a long time to get there, but we finally got there and our audio book is available. Um, yeah, you know, that's using Amazon's um, audible platform. So yeah, I'm not sure I would recommend it. You know, it's like a seven year contract with them. So not my favorite thing, but, um, but people like the audio version. Lo people love, um, listening to books when they're working out at the gym or they're driving, or even if they're just going for a jog or whatever. Um, so I can see the appeal of audiobooks. I just didn't like the platform so much. Um, yeah, so it, there's a lot, there's a lot of elements around the pricing that you have to consider, you know, um, yeah, I think, I think the one thing, Ricky, that you haven't asked me about yet, that I think I, sh I should mention at this point is what we call reader magnets. Have you heard that term before? No, uh, go on and elaborate for us. Well, I'm not sure how effective this would be useful for your book, because if you're doing a kid's book, then, you know, you've got the whole kid's privacy thing and you don't really want, kids aren't buying the book to begin with, their parents are. 
Um, but basically, if you were writing a, a book for adults, then what you could do is you could have what's called a reader magnet and you could put that in the book. And what a reader magnet is very much similar to a lead magnet, except it's in your book. So if, let's say you have a chapter that you're talking about, I don't know, um, visiting Argentina, let's say. So say you're doing South America for adults or something and you're visiting Argentina or Rio, Rio de Janeiro and you could say, hey, I have a list of recommended um, restaurants that you can eat at while you're in Rio. Um, and, but, but because it's ever changing and I'm always updating it, I, instead of putting in the book, I've put it on my website. So click here to go to my website to get access to the latest list and latest reviews of the restaurants that, that our readers have recommended. And that's an idea. That's an example of a reader magnet. It's, it's giving them access to a resource that wasn't included in the book, but to get to it, they have to give you their name and email address. So now they've joined your list. Okay. So like, you can then think through this, you know, you're a digital nomad, you're working in different places, you're traveling the world, but you want your business to keep ticking over. You want new leads coming into your business. How cool is it if you had a book and you're traveling, you can be anywhere, you can check on it, you can do everything else. But basically your book is, it's not list, you know, you're not worried about if your book shows up on Google. Who cares about Google? I'm sorry, but I really don't care about Google. Um, I care about Amazon. The reason I care about Amazon is because Amazon is the biggest search engine in the world for buyers. Let me repeat that. Amazon's the biggest search engine in the world for buyers. If someone's on Amazon looking for something, there's two ways they can look for it. They can look for it by typing in a keyword phrase. So Amazon has keywords just like Amazon, um, Google does or they can go to the bestseller list and then look through by category or genre. Um, so you've got this system called Amazon that is continually attracting people. And if your book is positioned well, it's gonna show up when they search for it, for the topic. Or if it's selling really well, it's gonna be in the bestseller list. The bestseller list would cover the first 100 books in the category, that's the top 100, and they, they are, they're called the bestsellers for that category. So if your book is in the top 100 or even in the top 20, that's even better. So wherever you are, if you're sitting on a beach somewhere, then your reader magnets are in your book, people are finding your book. Well, unlike Facebook ads, you're not paying to get that person to join your email list. They're paying you. They're buying your book. That's how they pay you. And unlike them coming to your website and not really knowing who you are, not knowing if they can trust you, well, they trust Amazon. So you get that trust referral from Amazon. They're actually paying Amazon through the account they already have. And now they're buying your book. And then once they read your book, if it's, if it's worth reading and it, get, and it has some value to them, they feel a little more comfortable with, with like say Ricky. Um, I'm a little, I didn't know who Ricky was before, but his book looked interesting. So I, 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 you know, I, I took a chance. I spent 99 cents on your book, man. I read your book. You know what? I think your book's pretty cool. You, you know what you're talking about. So um, yeah, I'm going to join your list. I'm going to see what else you could do for me. Cause now I have a little bit of trust 
with you. You've, you've impressed me. You know, you're like, Hey, I didn't think about that the way before, or I didn't know that, or, Hey, I didn't know people in this part of the world, you know, ate this way or whatever, or shook hands this way or whatever. So, but you get what I'm saying. That's, that's the whole purpose of a reader magnet. And our book has, has a load of reader magnets in it. And we offer various different things in various different formats because, you know, there's, there's very little that you know about a person that buys your book other than the fact that they read books. Um, that's about all you know. And if your book costs 99 cents or $2.99, you know that they spent that much to get it. That's all you know. So you can offer different things like videos to go along with, with a concept that you want to explain, or um, you can do an interview with the author about, you know, well, why did they write this book? What prompted them in their life to write this book? A lot of people find that interesting. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's just lots of different things you can give people, whether it's a list of resources or it's more information or it's additional uh, content. Um, it's, it's usually good to have a reason why it's not in the book. So obviously you can't put a video in a book, so that's a really good reason. Um, but yeah, that, that's how reader magnets work. And that's how no matter where you're traveling in the world, where you are located today, your books can be on a digital marketplace like Amazon or some of the other Kobo ones or whatever. And you can be constantly being in front of your ideal readers, your ideal leads, and they can be coming into your business every, pretty much every day. Um, and just to give you some awareness, um, you have a, an opt-in conversion rate, you know, if you're using like, if you're doing Facebook ads and they come to your landing page, it's like hundred people come to your landing page and like, oh, two of them signed up to my, my opt-in. Woohoo, 2%, yay. Um, with a reader magnet, you should be expecting at least 50% opt-in conversion rate. And I would say 50% is low. Our average was between 70 and 80%. So, and this is, so this is people that, that bought the book, they read the book and now they click through to go to the landing page from, for the reader magnet and the people that reach that landing page out of all the people that reached it between 70 and 80% of them actually opted in. So it's an, and, you know, at that point we know that we know which reader magnet that they clicked on because we're tracking it from the book. So we have already, we have an idea of how to segment them. Um, we know they paid for the book. So we know that they're a buyer, not a lead, you know, and we have an immediate funnel that we can take them down that say, Oh, well, they came here because they're having this issue or that they clicked on this reader magnet first. So we want them to be shown. This must be what they're interested in the most that so we show them this. And we lead them down a series of, of, of funnel content and offers and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's can be very effective. I wish I could keep asking questions so that we could have the first 24 podcast in the history. Really, <laughs> I do my episodes, they're about 25, 30 minutes, but this one's running up to the hour mark just because it's such valuable content and I just want to keep going. But I want to know uh, for all of the viewers, for someone like you, because you've been such a, a you know a gold mine, literally a gold mine of info. 
how can they actually work with you? Like, what how do you help them? What services do you offer? Uh, how can they, um, you know, connect with you? Tell us about your services. Okay, I will tell you about this since you're asking. Um, well, like I said, we um, we help authors, we help entrepreneurs, we help business owners, and you don't have to have a book already. Um, you don't even have to have. Well, hopefully, you have an idea for a book. But basically, we have a we have three ways of working with you. We can do it. Um, we work with you, so we call that our done with you service. So that would be us taking you through the process of the four steps that I outlined of positioning your book, finding out that your book is going to sell before you write the first word, writing the book, editing, formatting, and publishing the book, and then launching and promoting your book. Those four phases. Um, we have a, a, a program that takes you through that where we coach you every step of the way. And yeah, we don't let you fail. And we guarantee you'll be a best in seller if you, if you do that with us. And the opposite end of the spectrum is we have a done for you service where we will ghost write your book for you. We will interview you. We will get all, all, we will work with you and get your input and come back to you with a positioning statement and a positioning outline. And here's a table of contents that we would suggest. And we get your input on that. And then we go off and we write your book. We write your book in 30 days and we come back and then we're off to the next phases and we can do the formatting, the editing, the publishing, the launch, the promotion. We can do all of it for you. And then the third option is kind of like the publishing model. The third option is a hybrid in between those two. So if you'd rather write the book yourself, but you don't want to do all the rest of it, we can do that. Um, so yeah. You know, our, our ideal clients are people that are entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, you know, we really want to we really want to focus and help you create a book that builds your authority and establishes your expertise in your marketplace, but also is sending super highly qualified buyers into your well, kind of you shouldn't call it a leads funnel because they've already bought from you, but it is a leads, it's a leads funnel, but they're already super highly qualified. And you can, if you do your reader magnets correctly, they can be pre-segmented as they come in because you know what they came in on. So, so yeah, so long story short is we have three offerings done, done with you, uh, completely done for you. And then the hybrid in the middle. I definitely the viewers on your offers plural uh, pick one of the above uh, you know whichever one suits your needs the most uh, so obviously your website is pretty easy uh, you know how else can people connect with you besides bookauthority.com well we're on facebook we have a book authority group on facebook and and that's just called book authority so if you look for it you'll find it and you can also connect with the uh, with me on linkedin so if you look for steve dimick on linkedin you'll find me on there too Well, uh, you know, there's only one last thing to say to end the interview, which is thank you. Thank you for all of your uh, insights today. Oh, thank you very much for having me on the show, Ricky. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, and the pleasure was mine. I, you know, definitely an incredible wealth of info, expertise, and experience. You know, your own mishaps and also all of your incredible successes, all of your insights in terms of, like, uh, you know, the whole process we covered uh, from uh, the idea to getting it written, to getting it uh, 
published, marketed, launched, and monetized. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely be sending people your way. So once again, uh, the website for Steve is Book Authority, and I'll have the links to his Facebook group and also connect with him on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, pick his brain. He's definitely a great uh, resource uh, for you, and he's definitely one of these people who just wants to give back, help out, and support. And we love those people. We love those kind of people. So thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Uh, make sure you grab a copy of uh, my new book and also any of the previous books about fatherhood and marriage and parenting and family travel. So thank you, everyone. I will catch up with you next episode of Digital Mad Mastery. And happy book publishing, everyone. <laughs>